Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Second hour of Oilers Now. Uh, it is a Thursday, and that means coming up in a span of 37 seconds time, Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. The second hour of orders now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, Hugh Porter, who's a big Brian Burke fan. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex, trusted by 630 Chet. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. You can reach us on our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Thank you to the hundreds of you that text the show on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630, your favorite show from the 1980s. Brought to you by Heartland Ford. Think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. Out in Fort Saskatchewan, the hometown of a guy that uh, Brian Burke traded away once and traded for once. Uh, Joffrey Lupel was from uh, Fort Saskatchewan. Brian Burke joins us right now on Oilers Now. Brian, how you doing? Good, thanks, Bob. All right. Uh, just one of the themes today, favorite show of the 1980s, before we get to the serious stuff. Did you have uh, did you have a show that you liked back in the day? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll tell the listeners. Bob actually gave me a little head start here because he gave me a little, he said, I'm going to ask you this in the next couple minutes. I didn't, I don't watch much TV. I'm, I watch hockey, I watch the news, and that's it. There's probably two or 300 TV shows that had, Lives of four or more years that I never watched once. So, I don't know. I've, what were some of the shows that were on in the 80s? Well, I, I mean, Miami Vice was on in the 80s. Uh, MacGyver was on in the 1980s. I, I like uh, that show. I, I like that show. That actor's from South St. Paul. So he's a Minnesota guy. I've gotten to know him over the years. Richard Dean Anderson. So I, yeah. I watched that show. It's a little hard to swallow sometimes when the guy can... Uh, take apart a, a tanker truck with a paperclip, but 
a little hard to, to, to swallow sometimes. And that, that, that was my point. I brought that up earlier. I said it gave me a bit of an inferiority complex, and it had nothing to do with the fact that he was with Katrina Witt for a while. Uh, but, it was, I mean, who can do all that different, you know, as Canada's worst handyman? <laughs> I cannot at all re- relate to a guy that could do those sort of things. So we'll transition from handy. Go, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Brian. Go ahead. That's okay. Yeah, we'll trans. We'll transition from handyman to handiwork with the hands. Have gun, will travel. Milan Lucic. I'd like to get your assessment, since it's one of your former players that's now in that role with. Uh, Department of Player Safety, George Peros. How you yeah. thought uh, his assessment of the evaluation with what occurred with Milan Lucic and Matthew Joseph the other night in Tampa Bay? I'd like to get your perspective. Okay, my full disclosure here, my son Patrick works for George Peros in Player Safety. Uh, some people have okay. accused me and some people have accused me in the past of supporting their decisions regardless because of that. But that's not true. I think this was sheer brilliance because I'm a traditionalist. I think this player should have had to pay a price and should have had to pay his tab. Clearly, skating away, running away, acting you know like a complete coward. And uh, Lutz tracked him down, knocked him down, and cuffed him. He didn't punch him. He didn't sucker punch him with a vicious punch. He just kind of cuffed him. And then grabbed him and said, this is not how you play against us. I had no problem with it. But the optics were bad. So we got a lot of Greenpeace people that are saying we got to get rid of fighting and we got to do this, we got to do that. And Milan Lutz tracked him a ways there. So they said, well, we're not going to disapprove of the action, but it doesn't look good. We're going to find him. I thought it was a great solution. I was, uh, this probably wouldn't surprise me, which or surprise you, which is why you're probably one of the perfect guests we could have for the show. I was mad at Matthew Joseph two shifts into the game. And now a little bit frustrated that the Oilers don't do this once in a while because they can back it up. But he took a healthy run at Nugent Hopkins in the first shift. And then he got a piece of McDavid uh, in the second shift. Okay? And I'm sitting there going, okay, wait a sec here. Right? Like, what's going on? And then Paquette started running around. And the Oilers had some guys try to engage him. And then Chris Russell, who you had down in Calgary, you know how popular Chris Russell is. He's a very popular player with his teammates because he's a heart and soul guy. He gets uh, in a vulnerable position, and Joseph comes in and drills him from behind. Jujar Kara and Zach Cassian try to fight him, and the kid won't honor him with a fight. Is that maybe, you know, because, Brian, when you were administering these sort of things in your role at the NHL, before you went into senior management, the players sort of policed themselves, didn't they? I mean, yeah. Dallas Drake hit some guys hard, but he had to fight. Yes, and that's my – I believe you should be able to play in the NHL and not fight. I don't think okay. players should be required to fight. But if you're going to play a certain way, yes, you better answer the bell once in a while. When I got to Vancouver, I had Matt Cook, who was a real hard hitter, and I said to him, Cookie, if you play like that, you got to fight. you got to fight. He said, uh, every ten games, give me eight fights a year. And I think one year got to six or seven. He did it. He did the right thing. But uh, – no, we're losing a lot of things in our game, and the, the the self-policing shouldn't be one of them. You should still be able to stick up for a teammate. The one good thing is we're seeing a little renaissance of that this year. In the first 15 games of the season for each team, there have been repeated instances where players have stood up for teammates, and it's a good thing. 
So, Brian, by the way, I'm getting texts coming in. Uh, Brian Burke's Greenpeace uh, comment was the reason why we need to have him run for premier of the province. You don't need the pay cut, do you? <laughs> I don't Paul, the pay cut, I don't need the headaches. i got enough headaches in my life. I have a feeling you might not have the same view on the carbon tax that our current administration has. But, well, it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Bob. So, explain to listeners, there's about a, a second delay on this line, and so that's why we're stepping right. on each other. You go ahead. You're the host. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you're the guest and far more important to hear from. Let's do this. So, you believe the players still need to be policing themselves. How would you... Craig Simpson was on yesterday, and he said the only way to combat this, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, is you have to get inside the equipment. Like Tampa Bay came out, the Oilers were in the second of a back-to-back, a terrible travel, a difficult back-to-back. You know, Washington to Florida, as you know, once you get to Washington, it's a, it's about a three-hour, uh, you know, bus slash uh, flight combination. Uh, not an easy back-to-back. Seven games in eleven days, and Tampa Bay came out, and they were banging, and they were targeting the Oilers' best players. And Craig Simpson said the only way to combat that is the Zach Cassians and Jujar Kairas and Adam Larsons of the world have to, you know, they have to target their best guys and go after, make it difficult on Stamkos, make it difficult on Kucherov. Now, Don Sherry has said he didn't believe in doing that when he was in Boston. He didn't want his guys running Guy Lafleur. Um, I'd like to know, is given the, the change in society, combined with the change in rules, is that really the only way to combat you know, a, a team like Tampa that's got a couple of guys that are running around a bit with uh, diplomatic immunity on the ice? Well, Simmer's right and so's Grapes. They're both right. They're both effective. If your heavyweight can grab their heavyweight and smack them around, it takes the starch out of the other team. So Grapes is right. But Simmer's right, too, right? This whole thing going back to Bertuzzi and Moore, um, when I was asked to testify by the league, I think Steve Moore wore 19, or Marcus Madsen wore 19. And the league said, you know, did, did you tell your players to go after Steve Moore? I said, no. We wanted him on the ice. I said, they go after our 19, we go after their 19. Joe Sackick, within the rules, that's the guy we go after. Within the rules. But that's the guy we had. We wanted Steve Moore on the ice. Why retaliate against him? Right, right. So, and that's, and I, you know, that's ultimately what uh, Craig's saying as well. And and one of the frustrations Oilers fans have is, is they do have Peter Shirelli came in, and, and Brian, you were you were you know you were with multiple organizations. But is it fair to say the Oilers? Well, the '06 team was a was a competitive team. That was a tough team. They had some veteran experience. And some cheap young guys, but they had some competitiveness. Pronger brought them a, a, an edge as well. But for a number of years, Edmonton was a pretty easy team to play against. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Peter Shirelli comes in. You know Kevin Lowe. He's got some fire and brimstone in him. Shirelli executes a plan that everybody agreed on. The orders went bigger and heavier, and the league moved in the opposite direction. Those sort of things happen. So is, does that does that make that point of view uh, archaic, or is it just situational? For because these things, you know, they they do tend to sort of swing back and forth a bit, don't you think? Yes, and right now I, I'm guessing there weren't too many Edmonton fans that weren't grateful that Milan Lucic was dressed last night. Right. 
So, I mean, they it's were not like Lutz has, Lutz has provided value to this hockey team. It breaks me, it breaks my heart when I hear people saying uh, he, he hasn't scored, he hasn't done this. He's making plays, he's getting up and down, he came to camp lighter than he has, he's banging people, and he is a menace. He is an absolute legitimate menace. And he prevents a lot of stuff from happening that happened the other night in Tampa Bay. Most of that doesn't happen because Milan Lucic is on that bench. So I don't fault Peter for going big. The league moved the other way. There's still a role for those guys. I mean, one of the most valuable forwards in the league is Kyle Walson. If you if you can skate like that and play a little bit, and you're big and hostile, guess what? Everyone's got a sweater for you. Well, and that's the frustration with a guy like Zach Cassian is that he's inconsistent. He doesn't do it. Like, say what you want about Tom Wilson. He does pretty much, and he might be a bit of a spot picker when it comes to fighting, and there's less fights than ever before. But he's not a spot spot picker when it comes to hitting. He hits everybody, and he blows guys up. Yes, and and I'm not going to pick on Zach. I I didn't see the game in Tampa because we we did the Calgary game last night. It's hard for me to watch. Uh, my my viewing habits are based upon which team I'm going to have to call a game for in the next seven days. So if I don't have the Oilers in the next seven days, I'm probably not watching their games. I'm watching teams I'm going to have to offer commentary on. So I haven't seen Edmonton play in about a week. Um, so I wouldn't pick on Zach. I know that was a complaint in uh, in Vancouver, but the, the only times I've ever met Zach, he's been very pleasant to me. So you know, I, and I do appreciate. He skates great for a big man, so I have heard the consistency allegation before, but uh, again, I, I I couldn't comment on it right now. All right, the Calgary Flames. Uh, you know, uh, we have Glenn Gulson on our staff here in Calgary. I think, or from Calgary uh, in Edmonton. I I don't think you can compare. Uh, they spent some money at forward. They are. Uh, you think it's fair to say the Flames are a deeper team this year than they were last year up front? Well, first off. Glenn Gulletson, uh he did a good job in Calgary. There was there's a lot of dynamics going on that uh, that uh, really didn't work in his favor. He's a wonderful, wonderful person, and he's a good coach. So I think it was a great hire. I told Pete that. Um, I think what they did in Calgary is they put five new pieces in, and I think it's hard for any team, and not not organizational pieces in. These are guys that you know they brought in five new players. And I think that this is hard for any organization to absorb five new pieces, especially pretty significant ones, and then play well right away. They're also playing three defensemen age 22 or younger, which is usually a a train wreck. But those kids have been okay. So that's, I think, what's holding them back. They need to get the goaltending consistent. Uh, Shaky first goal last night for Smitty, but after that he was pretty sharp. He couldn't stop. He had no chance on the second or third goals. One thing is that team's never out of a game. I mean, they've had five third-period rallies this year, which is perhaps an illustration of the depth that they have. We're joined by uh, Ryan Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Bob Stoffer with you down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The Oilers and the Panthers coming up. That's a 5 o'clock puck drop Edmonton time. Joel Quenville. Um, every, you know, I, I guess every coach inevitably is perhaps headed down a path unless you're Walter Alston and you have 23 one-year contracts as a manager of the Dodgers back in the day. Um, but were you a little bit surprised at the timing or not surprised yes. that he was let no. go? 
No, I was surprised. Everyone was. Anyone who tells you they weren't is lying. I mean, this guy's got three cups. He's the second leading winningest coach in the history of the National Hockey League. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, all of the above. Great coach, great guy. I've been friends with him for many, many years. Um, but So I was surprised at the timing, but not surprised at the result. Every coach in the Hockey Hall of Fame was fired. Every GM in the Hockey Hall of Fame was fired. This is what happens. It, it has a shelf life. When you're a coach, you have a shelf life. You can only swear and kick garbage cans and pull certain tricks so many times before the players tune you out. And it's like I said earlier on the radio today, if you have a friend who lives near the airport and he invites you over for a cookout, the planes are flying overhead and you say, how can you stand the noise? And he says, what noise? You tune it out. And that's what happens with a coach. So I have no problem with Stan Bowman's decision to make a coaching change. I think it's early. I would have understood it better if they were going after Vino or if they were you know, afraid of not getting the coaching candidate they wanted. But they, they used an internal candidate. So a little bit surprised by the timing, but I have no fault. It uh, might have been time for, for Joel to move on and then Blackhawks to go in a different direction. And we never know the dynamics behind the scenes as well, right? You don't know who's pushing or angling or what this. I mean, that's, that happens in every organization. So, you know, you have to be uh, cognizant of that as well. We're joined by uh, Brian Burke. Uh, Brian, Los Angeles. Willie Desjardins going in there on an interim basis. Does that take away um, anything at all for his ability to get through to the players given that he's got an interim tag on him? Well, I, I think people... Well, first off, step back to the last thing you said, Bob, about Chicago. There were severe internal disagreements over the years there on coaching right. staff, players, very pronounced, very severe. And it's amazing how they were able to put that to the side and win. With Willie, I don't think the interim tag hurts him because I think the option was to continue in the unemployment line. In other words, it's okay. Right. We're looking for an interim coach. Do you want it? Or do you want to stay and wait for another chance? And he says, no, I'll take it. It's a good bunch of guys. They're really playing poorly right now. They've got a speed issue. But I, I think it makes sense. And people have to realize when teams go on a funk like this, players aren't trying to lose. Nobody likes to lose. It's miserable. They're just in a funk and they can't get out of it. Ottawa's a bit of the same thing. They start turning on the coach and doing different things. But these players will play for Willie. He's a good coach. I don't know if they're fast enough to come out of it, but their number one goaltender hurt. I don't know how many teams can win with their number one goaltender hurt for a long time, but I, I think it makes sense for Willie to go. I sent him a text to wish them luck. And just to wrap up, since you mentioned Ottawa, not that we're going to have any stories out of Uber, but your location in Calgary to watch the game was right next to our booth. And if I could have taped some of the stuff I heard out of your booth, and if you could have taped some of the stuff I had out of our booth <laughs> at different times, sometimes in the same game. Do you recall that game last year where the yeah. others built up about a 6-1 lead? Yeah. And then uh, Laurent Brassois could not stop a beach ball, and you guys got back, like, the range of emotion. This this stuff happens in sports, doesn't it? Like, guys do get cheesed off and upset and because guys talk because they love it and they're passionate about it. If I have, I have never spoken to a dog the way I have spoken to my players when I get upset. 
I'm embarrassed by it in, in calmer moments. The best the best games we have up in the GM box are when an injured player is with us, because then we can't swear at the other players. Otherwise, we are we are using four and five syllable words to describe them all. We are threatening. We're, I'm gonna I'm not gonna trade him. I'm gonna kill him. Um, thank God you can't bring firearms into the saddle dome or I'd shoot the bastard. I mean, this type of stuff. Stuff you, you never mean. You never do it. It's just emotion. And so the guy's grousing about a coach. Like, I've spent a lot of time with the military. That's all they do is complain. Their CO's no good. Their food's no good. So to me, you can dismiss 80% of this right off the bat. Second thing, so that number one, discount it deeply. Second thing, the driver's a scumbag for releasing this. Yeah, third is. thing is, third thing is, I was disappointed that Matt Duchesne, as a veteran player, didn't speak up in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, but maybe I, that I says a little about. I thought he gave a very yeah. heartfelt and sincere apology to the media. To me, it's water under the bridge. I'd call all the players in, make them apologize to the coach, the coaches, and then have a meeting and say, "All right, those things you complained about, let's talk about them." And what have you, you guys grousing about the coach, what have you done to help us win in the last 30 days? Brian, pure gold, and I'll leave you with this. That night that Brassois was having the struggles after uh, Goodrow got that second one in from the end line, Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner, looked at me and he said, Bob, what do the Edmonton Oilers have to do right now? to settle Laurent Brassois down. And I, and I said it. I couldn't help myself because I was mad too. And I was like, not give up another shot because it's going in. <laughs> so we've, we've all uh, been there. We've all been, we've all been, we've there. All been there before. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, next week, uh, look forward to having you on, and we'll have a little bit better uh, audio setup. Brian, thank you for your time. Thank you. Take care. Take care. That is uh, Brian Burke. Brought to you by our friends at Canadian Power Pack. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny stuff. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Uh, what time is it here? I think we're going to marry another break together. It's right up against the clock at 127. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford, think all dealerships are the same. Think again. Experience buying a vehicle and your team's no pressure at Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan. You can reach us at any time on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline. And we'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. i got to hop on the bus. Brendan Escott and Reed Wilkins are going to guide you home in the next half hour of the show, but not before a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.